Hello, welcome to the Valley View Podcast, episode 75. I'm Tyler, I'm here with Matt, and I am going to keep that one. This is the second time we started because Matt was whispering to me that it was episode 75 last time I started. What were you saying there? Uh, I was t- trying to tell you that I had not restarted the timer, uh, and I was in the process of getting it restarted. I was one-track mind, dude. I'm, I'm multitasking, which I'm better at than most men, but still not great at. Uh, this is a weird podcast recording time. We're recording at like mm-hmm. 2.45 on a Sunday during the fourth quarter of a Vikings game. Mm-hmm. So full disclosure to the listeners, the Minnesota Vikings game is on. We may be distracted. And Matt, why are we recording at 2.45 on a Sunday? Uh, we have the honor today of having a very special guest who is participating in like the first podcast he's ever been part of before. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Our, so <laughs> our guest is James Wearsome, the one and only. We were finally able to get James Wearsome on to the Valley. Took a lot podcast. of scheduling. Yeah. Uh, got to, had to go through his, uh, his what would you call her? Your, uh, your scheduler? My, wife. my wife. Yeah, your wife. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, like, your, my, my living. Your scheduling coordinator. That's what I was player, trying to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> James has oh. been a small group leader in our, at a, uh, in our youth group for like seven years, eight years. He was a, a student in the youth group before then. I mean, I'm, he's older than me. So when I was in high school, um, he, uh, I have always had trouble planning and scheduling with James because James <laughs> takes life as it comes. But recently James married a very nice lady who uh, is nothing like him. And so now I can schedule things with James. I just have to text him and his wife in the same text. And then James will show up to the things I need him to show up at. The classic, just uh, text Molly. We'll figure it out. <laughs> yes. Um, so what are we talking well, about this week? I think what I think what we're going to do is have um, two different episodes with James as our guest. So we'll um, we'll do all the recording today, but we'll split it into two. Um, the reason there's lots of things we could get James' perspective on, but the reason we really wanted to have him on was to talk about music mm-hmm. uh, because we share a, a love uh, for music, and um, all three of us do really. And uh, James has taught me a lot about music. We've talked about it a lot. And I just thought it would be good to get some of his perspectives on music. So that's what we're going to do today in the episode one. Um, we're going to talk more about music in general. And then the second episode, part two, will be more about like specific um, bands, songs, albums, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, so- James is like... Like if I, if I was going to pick somebody in my life to do a couple episodes of talking about music with, it would be Uh James Uh because James has like one of the most diverse and like random assortments of, of music knowledge of anyone I know. Like he's, he's like a music connoisseur. We must do this. Oh, go ahead. I still remember the day though, when I think a popular Taylor Swift song was being uh, sung among the students and i was like guys what song is that and they're like what it's love story that's true and you're like what james james, james know? didn't know love story by taylor swift he's 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 like too advanced for it apparently <laughs> that is wonderful i i feel like we must be kindred spirits because i have like gaping and embarrassing holes in my knowledge like of cultural things Broadly speaking, yeah, I'm okay, but there are some astounding deficiencies. <laughs> he said it's because of it's because of doing seminary when he had young kids. <laughs> okay, well, before we get into the conversation with James, just want to let you know that episode 75 of the Valley View podcast is sponsored by um, a new sponsor that just jumped on board. So, oh. James, from time to time, we have people that want to sponsor. 
sponsor of episode 75 is Ricky's Family Mart of Forest Lake. Wow, we love them. You ever been up through Forest Lake? I've been up through Forest Lake a lot. I've never <clears> been to Ricky's Family Mart. <laughs> Ricky's Family Mart. Um, Ricky's is your hometown supermarket for 85 years. Ricky's always gives you the benefit of the doubt if it appears like you might be shoplifting. <laughs> yes. If, if that's kind okay. of them. If there's a bulge under your coat, we don't check on it. We let it go. We'd rather take the loss than send you to jail. Wow. This is all part of their ad read. Avocados are on sale this week. <laughs> it's a bit of an abrupt turn. <laughs> California strawberries arrive next week. Buy one, get one free on Holmes hand-battered fish sticks through November 10th. Now, here's the question. Well, okay, so first of all, this episode comes out after November 10th. So are they on sale this week of our lives or the week that people hear this podcast? I bet, Rick, I mean, Ricky's has shown such a generous spirit, like in this, the whole read. I bet they'll give you Probably the sale honor, price. Yeah. Well, and honestly, if you went there and stole them, <laughs> it wouldn't matter. <laughs> so take advantage of that offer at Ricky's, regardless of how you do so. <laughs> Get it on sale or really on sale. <laughs> now hiring for all positions member pga which i think is professional grocers association i thought it was professional golf association in the higher level circles mm. ricky's family mart of forest lake your friend in uh groshing grossing grocering your friend in groshing i don't Oof. see an er on there yeah, yeah they it's just, just groshing groshing couldn't it be your your friend in grocery like yeah, let's go with it. It could be. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that would make sense. James, I don't know if you know this, but most of Matt's ad reads aren't real. <laughs> really? Did you think it was real the whole time? <laughs> I did. Yep. I. That's why I needed I to like, tell oh, him. Some, I could tell he was buying there's it. There's some really good scripture basis for that philosophy on theft, <laughs> and that's a really cool business idea. I maybe we should take it. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> well, yeah. I was wondering if you did think it was real, and okay, I guess I was I, right. I, uh, something about the spectrum. I take most things literally. Just, just explain the joke to me, and I'll feel included. You're the, you're the target audience of Matt's ad reads. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Ricky's, uh, for your sponsorship. Let's get into our conversation. Um, James, let's start real general. Like, um, when do you feel like you really got into music? And maybe tell us, like, what you know. I've got these oh. memories of listening to my folks, like. 45 records you know when i was a little kid basically i liked the music that they liked because that's what was in the house but tell us how your interest got started what what did you start out listening to um you know growing up um like it at the beginning music was just something that would like my mother was passionate about and that i um you know by default participated in just like you know she got me uh, singing and performing and I didn't really care that much about music when I mm. at, at the time like it was, it was just like it's just something I inherited from my parents um and then you know I loved video games so I still I I will always love video games and I was fascinated with Guitar Hero when my cousin showed it to me so when when I picked up Guitar Hero 2 and I heard message in a bottle by the police and uh mm. just i started to message in a bottle is what did it for you yeah nice <laughs> yeah it was that was the the uh, probably the first song i mm. i liked um and then you know a, a friend of mine from my youth showed me 
you know a couple bands he like he showed me Nickelback which is funny and uh and um Sticks which is also funny and and I was like huh so kids like music kids listen to music and, and so I you know I got on the iTunes I asked my dad to give me like five songs that the songs that Michael showed me and uh, my few favorites from Guitar Hero and it kind of all stemmed out from <laughs> Guitar Hero and Rock Band I still like my interests in rock and metal are usually like you know I can track out the patterns as I hear them and like I I think a lot of my, um, I guess, immersion with music comes from rhythm games that taught me how to feel music. So that's kind of how it started. Tyler, how did it start for you? How did, how did, yeah. Okay. You guys, you mentioned at the beginning that, oh, all three of us love music. Yeah. You, you guys (laughs) love music in a much more advanced way than me. Tell us about that. Well, I like music. Like I, you know, it's pleasant, mm-hmm. but like I don't, I don't listen to very much music. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, at least compared to I think most people mm-hmm. in my generation, I don't listen to that much music. I don't have a very advanced like knowledge of music. I can't play any instruments or any kind of music. Like mm-hmm. I appreciate music because it it sounds nice, but like I don't have like a journey of my investment. Like you'll you'll see this more as we answer more questions. Like mm-hmm. I my music knowledge and ability is very low which is funny being married to a, a person who whose dream for a long time was to be a performing artist and now would love to be a worship pastor someday <laughs> so so um what kind of was there music being played in your house when you were little do you remember yeah. song styles radio stations what do you remember the only music i this is probably part of why i have no music like experience the only music that was ever played in my life until i got to college the only music that i ever listened to was christian and country that was all that I listened to mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. the first 18 years. Okay. Right. And I didn't feel like I was missing out. Like I didn't really like anything else when I would briefly hear it, uh-huh. but yeah, that was all I listened to. Okay. All what right. about you, Matt? What was your music experience like growing up? Well, you know, I've always been uh, a little bit surprised. I, my wife's uh, parents really didn't like listen to records, listen to the radio. Like they appreciate music too, but it's more along classical lines maybe mm-hmm. in Christian music. Whereas my folks were like big into Simon and Garfunkel, um, the Beatles, uh, you know, the Carpenters, I mean, Neil Diamond, I mean, you name it, like if they were popular on the radio in like the 60s, 70s, you know, my folks really loved it. The Beach Boys, um, the oldies. The Beatles. Yeah. They played in the 60s. Know that. (laughs) So I, and then of course I had a large scale exposure to church music as well, like Mm -hmm. sacred music and what we would call secular music. So I got exposed to this huge spectrum of music. And that's probably why I've got such eclectic tastes in music and like just listen basically to everything. Like the more variety, the better, I think. Do you like metal? Uh, No, that's one, that's one area I have not developed an appreciation for. (laughs) James, do you like but, metal? I love metal, yeah. James uh, loves metal, okay. It's, it's yeah. specific metal, but yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and I think I shared this with James the other day. I I just had a conversation that has really helped me understand metal better because my perspective on like loud, heavy metal music had always been like, what in the world? Like who would ever appreciate that? Like, but I was talking with a guy at the airport, just a stranger that was struck up a conversation and he was wearing a t-shirt for a metal band and I asked him about it 
And he explained to me that the reason he liked them so much was because they were able to express in music the feelings that he had inside of him as a kid oh. that he didn't know how to deal with. Because his, far away from the mic. I said, oh. <laughs> his growing up years were really hard. And their music gave expression to what he was feeling but couldn't express. And in a way, it was therapeutic for him, I suppose. And that at least made me sit back and say, yeah, I didn't have a hard growing up. And if I had, I can understand why I might appreciate that in a way that I don't right now. Yeah. So um, I thought that was interesting. So James, do you feel like your musical tastes have changed over time or do you feel like it's been pretty static for the most part? Uh, it's, it's changed a lot over time, um, but it's always interesting to see um, what I end up coming back to from my youth. Um, one of the, one of the bands I'll probably talk about a lot today, um, you know, I, I grew up on and um, introduced me to experimental space rock music at a young age. But is that, is that, a, wait, is that a genre? Experimental space rock? Yeah. Experimental music is like a thing. And then okay. there's space rock. So you could like apply experimental. Okay. I was going to, okay. I was going to say DM me on Instagram if you have heard of experimental space rock before james said that <laughs> at pull votes tyler p-o-l-l votes tyler like... <laughs> the dm me your favorite experimental space okay. rock okay. song okay if we're going like non-experimental experimental is just like a word to throw at the beginning of like anything if you know they're experimenting if they're trying new things okay. oh um, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't like cleanly fit into a genre that you mean? kind of okay. yeah um but like you know, a common example of space rock itself is Coldplay's third album, X and Y. They kind oh. of dabbled in it. It's really just, like, it's an aesthetic around, like, the rock structuring of, of a song. Um, this is the nitty-gritty music knowledge that we brought you on here <laughs> yeah, for, James. exactly. <laughs> this is why you're here. <laughs> okay. Well, anyway, um, change, of, change of tastes. Um, it, it, it has shifted a lot. Um, sometimes it's just, like, there's a genre that I'm really into for a season of my life. Um, things changed a lot in 2018 when the artist John Hopkins, that's a funny tangent, Coldplay got me into John Hopkins because he like produces a lot of their most interesting electronic based songs. Hmm. Um, but he's an electronic producer. I got into him. He works in uh, deep house music, uh, uh, the micro house um, structure. And, and and so I got really into electronic music from him. I found out I really love the house genre in 2018. And that's put me on a whole different. What is the shift. house? What is the house, what is house? genre? Yeah, house, what is that? house is, um, it's usually 120 beats per minute. It's um, it, so like it's really got, fast. No, no. It's like, it, it's, it's slower than most techno. It's slower than trance. Um, you could, you could hear it at a club. Sometimes it's a lot of people when they hear house, they're thinking of like, just like big anthems in a, mm -hmm. in a club. But um, House was originally um, kind of a sad genre. I, I describe huh. it as the electronic blues. Like it's a, like you, you dance to it, but it's it's an emotional kind of dance music. Um, they they call the beat like four to, four to the floor. So it's like, it's it's almost, it's it's always in four four. Um, and usually it's, um, it, it's heavily sample based and they they work with like the measure of music differently than, other genres where whereas like you know most you know pop or rock is just traditional songwriting would uh, 
would have a song progressing from like you've got this section and that progresses into this section and maybe you'll go back to the verse but it, it, it's you know it's progressional um house music works within the measure where like you you might have a song that has the same beat same general structure of sound the entire time but it'll layer in um new elements throughout the song and um, some of my favorite house songs are like excruciatingly long but you 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 can hardly notice that the song sounds quite different by the end of it than before, but like any measure of it is roughly the same, just with more layers. Okay, so you're that's is that kind of similar to what some artists will do, where like throughout their album they'll weave in different, uh, like the they'll they'll. So I'm thinking of like AJR or John Bellion, which maybe some of our listeners haven't heard of, but it's very common on their albums to have their intro song inc- incorporate elements that will be present in the rest of the album. I, I is it sort of like that, but on a much like deeper level? Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. No, but you're talking about like some really like fascinating album structure. Like I love albums that have like motifs. We're gonna throughout. get to albums, aren't we? Okay. <laughs> well, yeah, you, we, yeah. Should we go to an, a, another no, question? Keep, no, keep okay, going. Go, go, go ahead. Go. No, yeah, but, um, uh, but no, it's 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 more about like the 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 songwriting itself. How how like um. Oh man, I. I lost my train of thought. Um, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, it, it's okay. It, like, it's it's not ex- as much about, like, recurring elements uh, throughout, like, oh, we're bringing back this thing. But it's more like every measure is functionally the same. It, it doesn't grow the song by moving on to a different measure that sounds different. <laughs> It'll layer over the same one. It works within the measure. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think that's it. Sure. Yeah, I, I sort of follow that. I, but again, this is just part of like, my Matt probably followed it more than me because Matt understands music better than me. I don't know, not, not in terms of the structure and the theory. So that's that's yeah. beyond me, but it'd be easier. Learning. Oh, sorry. It, it'd be easier to like hear a song and point it out, but I, I'm sure we can't play anything. But do you guys know Daft Punk? Do you know One More Time by Daft Punk? They're like classic house. No. 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 <laughs> you don't know Daft Punk? I know. Okay. I've heard of the band Daft Punk. <laughs> It's we like will that. check it out immediately following the. the- <laughs> okay, so good. I I can't use that example then, but um. I know, think like- I think I maybe understand what you just mean. Like throughout the song, well, okay, so I don't really I'm like dumb enough that I don't even know like different measure. But so what you're saying is like each section of the song is like functioning the same way, but within that like similar function, they're incorporating new things that make it sound really different while doing the same thing pretty much that okay. sounded pretty good time. yeah yeah that's that's a good yeah thank you, yeah, thank you. It, yeah. it would be like okay how i'm thinking about it because i'm looking at doritos <laughs> is that like you have you, you have doritos like you have a bag of nacho cheese doritos but as you're eating someone is slowly slipping in cool ranch doritos <laughs> to your nacho cheese doritos but what? so by the end of the by the end of your time eating you're still eating doritos but the kind of doritos that you're eating is like really different right because of the, because <laughs> yeah. of the, the spice because of off. what's being added yeah <laughs> and, and so the next time you're eating like nacho cheese doritos uh, assuming you know that it's going to be the same experience you're like oh like this is really cool in context of like what flavor uh, what flavor is going to be added to it later like okay okay <laughs> uh, it's, it's amazing how much you can do with just this little nacho cheese flavor it's 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 creative wow. how you can bloom out of that i feel like that was a really good analogy excellent yeah, <laughs> i'm glad that i made that then because i would not have been able to make it now because the vikings game is coming down to the wire <laughs> Wait, okay. can we get a new question a well, fresh question yeah, i'll let you pay attention to that and i'll, I'll uh, pose another question to james okay. here so what I would like to know, I, so I've got an answer to this question for myself. I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here. 
but what do you feel like music does for you? That's a, I know that's a really big question. Um, you can go whatever direction you want with that. You could think about what benefit do you derive from it? What, you know, what does it really do for you? What, where does your mind go with that question? Um, first place my mind goes with that is something that, um, you know, something I've been thinking of uh, explaining to my wife soon, actually. Uh, <laughs> so you're going to explain it to her right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right on the pod. So um, if if you're like, if you're with me and I'm playing my music, I'm DJing in the car or whatever, you can usually tell my emotional state by what kind of music I'm listening to. Mm-hmm. Um, you can tell what I'm going through by what songs I really want to sing along to at the time. Um, uh-huh. And like, you know, we're leaving uh something that was tough or driving home from something that was emotionally difficult i'll I'll usually listen to something um maybe a little more bare bones uh, maybe something a little more contemplative if i'm really excited and having a time you know on my way here to do the pod i was, I was pretty, you know having a pretty good time i was bopping so i you know i threw on the chariot i listened to some some uh e- extreme metal core because it's fun <laughs> that's the way i usually prep for the pod too. listening to extreme metal core during our meetings uh, so frequently music is like my like it's the soundtrack to my life as, uh-huh. as i'm going through it um i love bringing other people into that which is why i love to dj um but it's uh, but it's very personal as well um I like to help people get into that experience, um, at least experience it um, similarly to me by making playlists. I have like hundreds of playlists on Spotify, many of which just don't have a specific purpose or, um, but yeah, it's a sound, it's life soundtrack. It's, uh, it helps me uh, stay in tune with my emotions. Yeah, it sounds like it, it really gives expression to what you're feeling yeah. at the time, yeah. right? And it allows you to enter into like singing along with that and express how you're feeling, right? right? Mm-hmm. What does music do for you, Matt? Well, um, you know, this the world can be, can seem really chaotic at times. And um, we can encounter a lot of, you know, ugliness or just a lot of difficulty. Like we have hard days, right? But I feel like um, music is a retreat for me that um, in a world that can feel chaotic, music is predictable. Um, at least the kind of music I listen to is predictable and it becomes predictable when you listen to it enough times, you know what's coming next. It's orderly. It follows like um, a like a recognized pattern and you kind of know what's coming next. And I think that in a, a world that can seem chaotic and uncertain, um, music is something that you can hang your hat on that's predictable. It makes sense. Hmm. Um, it's beautiful in a world that a lot of times will treat you ugly. And it's a chance to listen to something that is beautiful and predictable. And that, that just helps my soul. 
you know, I, I think that's what it really does for me. Um, one of the questions that I want to ask in the, in the next episode, when we talk about specific songs is I want to know like James, when you want to listen to perfection, what do you listen to? Okay. Cause I have, cool. I have my own song or two that like, when I want to hear something perfect that I listen to that song because well, I'll, I'll explain why later, but that's what I feel <laughs> like music does for me. It, um, James was saying, talking a little bit about how it's a reflection and gives expression when he's feeling. For me, it's, um, I think a lot of times it's a retreat, um, sometimes to the familiar, oftentimes to the beautiful and the predictable. So does that make sense at all? Or is yeah, that just me yeah. being a crazy person? No, that makes no, sense. That, okay. I don't relate to it, but it makes sense. <laughs> okay. that That's actually, that's <clears throat> similar in concept to like why the pop genre works. Like the, the whole point of pop um, and you'll, you'll see that like pop has so many off branches that don't sound like the radio pop you're, you're probably familiar with. Yeah. Um, the, the whole point of pop, like the only thesis to the genre is that it sounds good and satisfying. <laughs> that's that's the whole point of the genre. <laughs> kind of like I guess it makes sense if pop equals popular, right? Like, <laughs> oh, 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 right. But, um, you know, I rejected pop music growing up. It's, you know, it sounded uh, sanitized and I don't know, at this point I'd say a lot of the radio pop you hear is like poorly produced uh but <laughs> sorry <laughs> putting the radio on blast <laughs> no I, 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 need, I need to stop but uh, no like i grew to love pop music eventually i got over that because um it it's made to sound good and uh you know with if you have good production and good songwriting and good hooks mm-hmm. like you can just create something that is um instantly familiar like you were uh-huh. saying like that <laughs> there's a lot of people who i i you know after talking with them about music enough and from what they show me it, it it's pretty clear that like pop is a really good genre for them it's it's a common thing even for people who say they hate pop mm-hmm. um because like they they want like good song structures um yeah um my first genre I got really into was pop rock growing up, alternative rock and pop rock. Um, what, Tyler, the self-avowed, not really a music person, what do you feel like music does for you? Uh, two things. I was thinking about it. Uh, music helps me connect with God uh, and music entertains me. Mm. I like. There's, it's maybe less sophisticated than you guys, but like, yeah. like I don't know. I mean, I, know. I think God has made people so that we can connect with him through music in a way that it's kind of hard to do any other way. Um, But then, yeah, I also think that uh, like, he's just one. That's why I'm talking slow. (laughs) Uh, uh, But then I, I mean, I'm I'm entertained, you know, like I'm not worshiping God when I'm listening to non-Christian music, but I'm still listening to it because I'm entertained by it. So do you ever uh, turn on music specifically for the purpose of trying to connect with God? Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Also, maybe there is a third reason of like, it makes me feel a little something. And that would be the best way to say it. <laughs> like sometimes when I'm not listening to Christian music, I still like, ah, oh, I like feel a little something listening to that. Even if I'm not like trying to entertain myself. So yeah, three I, reasons. I remember that feeling that comes into you from time to time from the, the preaching conversation we had a few months ago, where I think the question was, what do you hope happens when you're listening to a sermon? And oh, that you, I feel a little something? Feel, you wanted to feel a little something. Yeah, I just, yeah. that's just the best way to, to, to say it though. Like, I don't know. Like, so yeah, I guess three things. Like I want to, I want to be able to connect with God be entertained mm-hmm. and slash or feel a little something okay and usually it's not the same for all three of those those like it's not the same song as doing all three of those things typically okay sometimes but rarely yeah 
Um, last thing, we're, we're about at the, the, the time limit here, but one more thing about music in general, James, um, since your, your tastes are pretty widespread and lots of exposure. Do you, so from a Christian point of view, do you feel like um, everything is on the table for a Christian as far as what we choose to listen to? Or do you feel like um, we should have some kind of guardrails or restrictions on what we feed our mind with just for the benefit of our, um, the life of our soul? How, how do you feel about that? I'll tell you, that sounds like a leaded question, but answer honestly. No, uh, <laughs> no well, it may sound like I, but yeah. yeah. Cause I, well, and I said that because I don't think you mean it to yeah. be a leaded question. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah. I, um, it's a really good question. And um, I think we struggle with that. I think we always have. Um, I took a class once on history of jazz, which is really funny. I did not major in anything remotely similar to music, but um, I, you know, the church, um, at least to some degree in the US rejected um, jazz music as it um, in its early movements um, until jazz kind of became a little more mainstream, a little more sanitized. Um, and, you know, now we can look back and one of the, like, what people would probably say is one of the most objectively rich Christian albums of all time is A Love Supreme by mm. John Coltrane. And, uh, oh. you know, th things shift. And now we've got Christian rock and Christian metal, and Christian hip hop. We've got Christian albums with swearing in them. We've got just a, a whole range that makes it really hard to draw a line. Mm -hmm. um, now, I will say I, I, um, I do draw a line in the sand for what I will consider to be a Christian album. And then there's another line in the sand between like, okay, like, is this, you know, are these people like preaching sermons and somebody to learn from? Or is this mm -hmm. somebody to like, relate to as a friend in the faith who's also mm -hmm. figuring it out and mm -hmm. there, there's albums i love that go into both categories but then mm -hmm. you know beneath all that there's this whole world of secular music and so many of my um contemporaries i i i mean something about me like i a lot of my closest friends are non-christians who love music and i connect with them by listening to the music that they love yeah. Uh, which usually is not Christian. Um, when I'm exploring, like, you know, the the new music this year that's going to be, you know, important or groundbreaking, um, there I don't put any limits on myself for what I'll listen to. Um, and I'm not sure we should. Um, it, you know, I I think it, I, I I you can go into those experiences in faith and you know though there may be some influences in that music maybe some lessons that you shouldn't learn from you'll still see the hearts of uh, those who made it and those who love and listen to it mm -hmm. um but one of the best albums of 2019 i can't believe i'm saying this but the 1975's album in 2019 was like an incredible reflection of what the the youth of the world was feeling at the time and getting to know that album and its themes helped me relate to young people around me a lot better. Hmm. Um, so I, I don't think we should have any barriers um, in music based on our faith. In fact, I, I think um, it, our faith brings a more urgent call to 
relate to those who want to dabble in expression like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's really good. I really appreciate that perspective. And I just, uh, I just read an interview that Bono uh, did with Christianity today about U2's music. And uh, after reading that interview, I think if, if he were sitting here listening to you give that answer, he'd be standing up and applauding. So, <laughs> nice. <cool. laughs> anyway, I, um, we've got lots more to get to. We'll have to get that, get that in part two. Yeah. Uh, tune in in two weeks. Next week's Thanksgiving. But tune in in two weeks for uh, the conclusion of Music Month at the Valley View podcast. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. <laughs>